Hey, hey, what is up? And welcome back to the Girl Gains Podcast. I'm Amber P. I'm Alexis Adams. For today's episode, myths about turning pro. So I'm going to do this with Alexis, obviously, but interview style, because obviously I am not a pro yet. And then also just going to go ahead and put it out there. Alexis is battling a cold. All right. So she sounds a little raspy. That's why she's getting over a couple of things. So the first thing that I want to ask you is, I feel as an amateur that a lot of girls assume that once they're a pro, the pearly gates are open, the red carpet is walked out for you, you have all these sponsors coming at you, just all, all these new things. And just from observing, I am blessed to be able to watch you because you're one of my best friends. Um, that's not the case, is it? Um, no. So I think a lot of assumptions have been made and like even people within our like friend group are like, when you turn pro, you're going to get all these sponsorships and like, you're going to start getting paid. I mean, I, I do make some money from my sponsorships, but all of my sponsorships I had before I turned pro. And please say that one more time, because I think that is freaking amazing. People think that in order to obtain sponsorships, because I mean, I've understood the whole sponsorship just on the beauty YouTube side, but I think a lot of people feel that you have to be a pro to get these sponsorships and you don't. You guys, the way Alexis has worked and grown her Instagram, she has done it perfectly to a T. And if you do want sponsorships, which I feel that if you are an NPC girl, IFBB girl, and you know you want to be serious about competitive bodybuilding, that is something that you need to mark as a priority just simply because bodybuilding is expensive. And if you can get help with your suit, your shoes, whatever the case may be, all of that stuff adds up. Right. So my Instagram, y'all, I I have said it before, I barely know how to use Microsoft Word. (laughs) (laughs) There is no like there's very minimal strategy into like the Instagram thing and like reaching out. And like most of the sponsorships are really like relationships that you build and it's not even knowing the right people. It's just reaching out. So like, for example, my um, suit sponsorship that I have with KH customs, 100% organic. I didn't even reach out and was like, can you sponsor me? Mm -hmm. I, you guys know the story. I, um, was bikini, 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 did that Ohio show. They were like, you're absolutely not bikini. <laughs> so, then we had Junior USA three weeks later and I needed a wellness suit because I don't have fast things. Some of you guys will put a bikini on and do a wellness show and vice versa. I wasn't about it. So I was trying to figure out how do I get a wellness suit three weeks out from my show when I'm a poor nurse. <laughs> so I was messaging places to see if they would rent me a suit, like That's what I needed. I just needed someone to like rent me something. And KH, I love her suits. So I'm, she was one of the companies that I meant my message. Half the companies didn't respond back to me. She messaged me back and, um, kind of gave me pricing of what it was going to be. It was still going to be too expensive. So I told her that, thank you for figuring it out for me, but I'm going to have to keep looking. And then the next morning I woke up to a message that said, something's just telling me to help you out. Send me your measurements. I'm oh. going to send you a suit. And then I it kind of just grew from there. And I've been wearing her suit since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like, that's just 
it. I reached out to a company that I already liked the suits. I did not message every suit company. I only messaged the ones that I liked because you don't need to represent a company. You don't need to be sponsored by a company that you don't genuinely like. So like all the companies that I represent, I used them already or wanted to use them. So like Liquid Sunrays was paying for my tans until they offered for me to not pay for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So nothing, pearly gates don't open wide. Um, There are some opportunities that you can take once you turn pro, but it's not like if you don't make those opportunities for yourself, the doors don't open just because you've got the card. Absolutely. And like going back to sponsorship stuff, you want to make sure that it's organic. So like Alexis said, she was already using these things or wanted to, because I know, again, this is just from the beauty side for me doing YouTube. I get emailed all the time from people asking, Hey, can you promote this product? Can you do this? And for a lot of the stuff, like I say no, just simply because first of all, they try to play you and like, oh yeah, we'll do all this other stuff for you. And I know they won't. But secondly, it's just kind of like, no, that's not anything I would ever use. So why would I push that out to my people that are watching my content? It's disingenuous. And then also if you pay attention to some athletes that do have sponsorships, like if people are like, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say, if they're hopping around from one sponsorship to another, that right there is a red flag. Like, obviously, this isn't something that's organic for you. And this is just a money making thing. And that's fine. But those are just a couple of things that you need to be mindful about. So definitely make sure that you are on your P's and Q's with that. And things don't just fall out of the air because you are all of a sudden a pro. Yes. And then I think something else that a lot of people fail to realize is, is once you achieve your pro card, that's a massive achievement because the majority of the people won't be able to do so. But you also have to realize that now, once you're a pro, you're right back on the bottom. (laughs) Yes. So I will say that with most of the divisions, um, there is somewhat of a gap, especially depending on who shows up to your national level show. There's a gap between turning pro and then being competitive on the pro stage. Like there is, yes, you've entered the pro league. It doesn't necessarily, in theory, it means you're ready to compete with the pros, but that's not always the case, just depending on who showed up. So you can't control having a super competitive 20 girls, the top 20 in your class are insanely competitive. If it's you and the top five, and then there's a huge slope off mm-hmm. there may like you were the best that day. It doesn't necessarily mean you can go and win a pro show. Most yeah. people cannot go and win a pro show after winning their card. Yeah. And I feel just from watching the biggest gap that I see is from figure amateur to figure pro that gap is massive. So it's just kind of like, yes, like I feel like a lot of bikini girls can win their pro card and they can do a pro show the next week and they can probably place, you know, I'll say a good chunk of them probably can, but for the figure girls, nine times out of 10 for you to get your pro card and then go on to the pro stage and figure into place. That is very, very difficult because that's a whole nother upper echelon of muscle mass. Yes. Now I will say, I think it's most consistent with if you win an overall, like at an an Mm -hmm. overall at a national show, Mm -hmm. much more likely for that competitor to be competitive on a pro 
stage immediately. And that is one of the things that they take into consideration when choosing the overall winner is who can step on a pro stage right now. Mm-hmm. Within the class, sure, that's the idea. But if none of the competitors can step on a pro stage, then it becomes who best fits the criteria. Yes. So that's the difference between my understanding of how they choose the overall winners versus class winners and all of that. Um, now, I know it can be misleading, especially if you follow really top level competitors whose name grows very quickly. Those are also competitors who have outstanding genetics, who have been competing for years and have gone through the trials and tribulations that you're trying to figure out right now. Like the first couple years of, did I cheat on my diet? Does this count? Can I sub this? All those questions that like, there are bumps in the road when you first figure it out. Um, So there are people that, yes, when their pro show go on, when an Olympia qualification go on, place top five in the Olympia. Most of y'all listening are not that person. The road will be a little bit longer. Yep. I agree. Um, I think another myth that amateurs might think is that in regards to prep, pros have it easier. Dieting is easier. Training is easier. Cardio is easier. (laughs) (laughs) So, no. And each prep that you do gets easier in the sense that you kind of know a little bit more of what to expect. You know what variables work, what variables don't work, how you respond to certain things, cardio versus dropping your food and all that stuff. Um, But your body is your body and it's not completely predictable. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it gets easier. My prep for junior nationals versus the seven weeks between junior nationals and Tampa Going into Tampa was way harder. Um, The package that I brought to junior nationals won me the overall. That package had no business on the Tampa stage. So I had to, I had to get leaner, I had to peak better. We had to make sure everything it's the competition at the pro level, especially the top five, the top 10 is so close. And it kind of comes down to nitpicky things like shape, um, suit color, overall look, all that stuff. So we had to nail everything that we could nail and not that we didn't try to do that at junior nationals, but again, you learn things every time and you have to improve every time, especially once the judges have seen you on stage, they expect that or better. So if you come in worse, I mean, should they, is that part of the criteria? No. Is that written on NPC news online? No, but they're human. So Once you bring a package, that is the expectation that you're setting for yourself and for the people who are judging you and for the audience and your fans. And you have to find a way to improve on that every time. And finding a way to improve on your best is not that easy. No, no, not at all. Because like at that pro level, especially like once you're hitting that top five, like sometimes it's just splitting hairs. You know, I've seen shows before where I could see where you could take the top three or top five and you could reason why all three of them could win, you know? So it's just, it's that intense. Right. Like my feedback from junior or from Tampa right backstage, I hadn't even gone and talked to Nelson or anything. Um, my feedback from the judges was if you had been tighter in the glutes, you would have won the show. 
But instead, I was not tighter in the glutes, and that dropped me to third. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was bouncing back and forth, and they're like, well, we'll give her second. No, it was that that was off that dropped me two places. And li- and and that's the thing too. Like this, they said tighter. A lot of people sometimes think that oh, you need to be bigger. I know we talked about that in the last episode. Where sometimes it's not about being the biggest, right? Because so, I wasn't the biggest. I didn't have the biggest quads on stage. Right. Um, but I also didn't have the biggest glutes, and my glutes didn't. So tighter can also mean leaner. Mm-hmm. If I had been leaner, my glutes would have been smaller. So. Right the tissue there in order to be leaner. So it's like, it kind of compounds on each other. So this time coming into my next show, we'll be leaner and bigger. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. our game. We'll roll the dice and see how that lands out. That sounds like a plan. Okay. (laughs) Another myth or maybe an assumption is backstage at pro shows, because I have heard a lot of girls at amateur shows talk about their backstage experience not being very pleasant, that girls were catty. And I find that very interesting. That has not been my experience per se backstage, but I would think that because the nature of the competition at a pro show being so much higher and more intense, I would think that that would be the case for the pro shows. But from what I've heard, that's not necessarily the case. I've heard that backstage at pro shows were actually a little bit more calmer than amateur shows. Is that true? So, um, yes, that's what I would think. Um, I will say, so I've only done one pro show. Um, I've grown my name. I've connected with a lot of people, um, so far, especially as being an amateur, um, going into junior nationals, Junior Nationals backstage was a little bit hectic. And I think it was just a lot of excitement. There Mm -hmm. is a lot of girls who go into a show like that and it's their first national show. Um, The, this is not a negative connotation, but the professional level is not there for most of the people. That's why everyone doesn't turn pro at a national show. Mm -hmm. Um, There's levels, as we've said. So there's just, there's a lot of giddiness. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of sass that, like nobody's ever really been hateful to me at a show. Um, but there's definitely a lot more chaos at the national shows that I've done than when I was at Tampa. Um, when I was at Tampa, there was no one running up to me saying, Oh, you're AFIT Adams. There was yeah. no one like asking to take pictures with me until after prejudging. And then it was like, Hey, we follow each other. We've talked to each other. It, it, it was not like, ah, like girls do. <laughs> yes. yes. It's terrible, but you guys, I've said it on here before, um, and I think that this has helped me get to my placings, keep my head in the game backstage, but I am not a chit-chatter when it is before prejudging. Going into finals, I'll loosen up a little bit. I'll switch some things up when I go on stage. Like I'm a little bit more calm because I know most of the judging has already occurred, and I know we're coming into finals better than we were at um, prejudging typically. Mm-hmm. But like Tampa, all the girls were just laying backstage. Most of us had our feet up on something. Everybody understands. Yeah. Um, And that seemed to be across the board. Even when open bodybuilding came into the pump up room as we were lining up, Mm -hmm. they were like, they would talk a little bit like in passing. Hey, how are you doing? You look good. But then Mm -hmm. go and sit in their spot 
keep their head where it needs to be and not get off on some like Susie's boyfriend told me this. Like there's none of that. I would say that was the biggest difference. And to, and that's how I roll. Like I like that for prejudging. So that was amazing for me. Yeah. I, I like that too. I'm the same. <laughs> um, so now that you're a pro, is it true or necessary that when you make your pro debut, you should change your look, your hair, your suit color, are those things that you should do or need to do, or is it not necessary? I would say if it wasn't spoken about when you won your pro card at your previous show, you don't need to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know going into Tampa, I changed my suit. I had been wanting to do a pink suit for a minute. But I was also playing it safe to not rock the boat when I knew I was so close. So, for example, Junior Nationals 2021, all they said was tighter, bigger. I needed to grow. That's exactly what I brought. Same everything else, tighter, bigger. That did the job. I'd been wanting, so my rationale for this was I wanted to do a pink suit. Going into Tampa, we had absolutely no idea where I would fall within the pros. So I'm like, if I'm going to do a wild card, it might as well be. So. Is it necessary? No. Mm -hmm. Is there strategy to where you could to help you stand out or to try a new look that, I mean, there's not that much expectation going into a pro show for your very first pro debut, other than making sure that your package, your physique is better. Those tiny things, in my opinion, don't quite play a role yet. You don't even know stand. And I think like the way that you did it, that was perfect because like, when you're making your pro debut, like essentially they don't know you. So they don't have really anything to base it off of because it's your first pro show. So it's kind of like, yeah, if you do want to play around with your look or switch things up, that's, I think that's a smart way to go about it. Yeah. That's my, that's my opinion as well. Um, And then if you break that down to like the regional first time competitor level, let's say you do two regional shows Next season, your plan is to go into a national show. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still want to do a warm-up show, especially if it's been eight plus months where you, from when you've been on stage. Mm-hmm. That warm-up is where you pull out the wild cards. You curl your hair really straight. You change your suit color or something like that. Mm-hmm. You don't do it at the national show <laughs> when you're trying to really dial in. You do it at a show where it's like, you're already qualified. You're really going on to knock the dust off, kind of see, make yeah. sure that you need to be. Mm-hmm. That's when you do it. Yeah. Let's just get, get in, get in that practice. It's like a trial run, trial run. And I heard you mention this earlier and I think this is very nice. So, you know, if you're an amateur, if you've ever competed at a national show, you have the option of standing in the long, long line after the show to get your feedback, email them, but pro level, the judges come backstage and give feedback. Is that correct? Um, that's what they did at Tampa. <laughs> I'm not sure if they do that every time it caught me off guard. Cause I was like filling my face with pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what is pizza? I think it's because many pro, I mean, once you're pro, the ultimate goal is to qualify for the Olympia. So if you don't win, Many people are going right back into another show. Um, not a lot of pros do one pro show a year. Yeah. Unlike, like, that's much more common at the amateur level. But at the pro level, if you are in that top five, 
you're going to keep going. You're going to try fine tuning at that point because that's where you're at if you're in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, so my naive assumption would be yes, because that makes the most sense. You need feedback now yeah. so that you can roll into the show next week. You don't have a month and a half between shows to really wait for that email to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. convenient for the judges to not have to email you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. If you've ever had to do like, the thing is like, that's the one thing that drives me crazy about shows after national shows. It's like standing in line because the line is long, waiting and waiting and waiting for the feedback. But again, if you know you're going to be rolling into another national show, like sometimes the judges, like you have to think about it. The judges have seen so many athletes that day. So it takes a lot for them to email you back. So as annoying as it can be, girl, just go ahead, get your post-show snack, stand in that line and wait for your feedback so you can get that feedback instantly. And then also it's fresh on their minds as well. Yeah. And let's see here. That was all I had. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Mm. or anything that you can think of that's like drastically different from amateur to pro? So I think um, I've gotten a lot of messages right after I turned pro and I said I was going to do a debut and all of that. I got a lot of messages that were like assumed I was where I needed to be. Um which I was, and I just said that, but I think it's also important to understand that once turning pro, I guess I just want to reiterate, it's a whole new level. You're at the bottom. You don't know where you land. You kind of have to climb that ladder and everyone climbing that ladder for the second time is different individually. Some people climb it very quickly. Some people are basically there and just have to fine tune. And some people won their class, won their card, and they have a minute before they're going to be competitive at the pro level. Mm -hmm. So less than 1%, I would say, win their pro show and then can go on and qualify that same season. Does it happen? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people, that's not the case. So if your goal is to turn pro and then compete as a pro, just have that understanding that it's still a long haul. It's not, now I'm here, now I'm successful. Yes, you're successful, but now your next level of successful has jumped four notches. Yeah. And just from me observing the past year, I've found that girls that are used to winning at the regional level, winning, you know, national level, those girls that are used to winning, and then they go into their pro rookie season. I find that those girls tend to have a little bit more of a more challenging time because like you said, nine times out of 10, you're not going to win. And just like, I know we've seen it and I'm just speaking more so from bikini because that's what I compete in. I know we've seen it in the past where bikini girls will win their pro card and then they'll do their pro debut and win. I personally feel right now going into 2023, those days are gone. I don't see that happening anymore just simply because the level of competition now is out of this world. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I think that the girls that are used to winning, they typically have a harder time. 
And you just have to understand that you have entered a whole new game. And I've just learned that just from chatting with Jordan, like a pro rookie and a seasoned pro, totally different. You were not the same. And I think just going into your pro debut, go in with no expectations other than knowing that you are better than your last show. That's it. Um, until my pro debut, like going into my pro debut to really wrap my head around that, because y'all, I'm not, I know that I was the girl that was not used to not winning. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't win every national show until I won junior nationals, of course. But I had every expectation that I would be in the top five every single time. Like, if I can't imagine what 2020 Alexis would have done if I wasn't in the top five at Junior USA, because that was 100% my expectation for myself, Um, which is great to have high expectations, but you also have to be realistic to an extent. And I completely understood that going into Tampa, we didn't know where we would land. I, there, having an expectation was silly and setting myself up for failure. Um, now, landing in as third over the moon. Um, but if I had gone in expecting myself to win, I would have been pissy. Um, and that's just kind of a silly expectation for your very first pro show, in my opinion. Um, of course, battle it out and try. But don't go into it thinking, if I don't win, it's not a success. Because you're going to fail a lot in that Oh, game. yeah. And um, that was one thing that I was very, very proud of you about. Just like you're transitioning from rookie to pro and your mindset. I noticed your mindset immediately shifted. And I was like, oh, this is good. Because you were like, of course, I want to do well. But this is the first time that I have no expectations. And I shouldn't have any expectations. I just got to see where I land. And I was like, yes, girl. That's beautiful yeah, mindset. And I'm not- I'm not saying that that mindset was easy because right. I'm, I like to know, I like to have expectations for myself. Mm-hmm. So then ultimately that's when I came to, I want to be in the first call out. I think yeah. if I'm in the first call out, I'll be okay. Cause I feel like that's what I'm worthy of. Mm-hmm. If I can be shuffled around, that's even better. Cause then we see me side by side in video and then we yeah. can go from, there. Right. um, and that's what I, I, you, you can set that kind of expectation. I don't think that's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was mind boggling trying to go from, I am winning the overall junior nationals. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to fall. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, that was the true feeling. But at the same time, I was like, I wish this wasn't my feeling. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But that, but the thing is like, that's, that just, cause some people have such unrealistic expectations and I'm like, Oh my God, like if you don't hit that, you're going to crawl into a hole and probably pass out. But like I said, I know you, and I know your personality. And so it was really cool for you to go from having such hard, strong expectations to being like, I don't like this feeling, but I don't know. I have no expectations. So it was just, right. it was, that's growth. That's major growth on your part. We be growing. However, I am going to win a show this year. Oh, well, yeah, that's, but that I feel like that's, that is a realistic expectation. I feel like now that you had your pro debut, you had a taste of what it's like. You saw where you were, you got mixed around the shuffle. I feel like now that's very realistic. And I think it also trying to go in with a mindset like that, like truly just being happy with the package that you're presenting. Um, helps 
solidify, validate. I don't know what. <laughs> solidify, validation. Yeah, go ahead. Land. Like, tr- so going into Tampa, I was like, first call out. I really want first call out. Yes. And I want to be shuffled. So when they called my number for first call, I was like, we did it. Like in that moment, as I'm walking to the line, I'm like, we freaking did it, you know? So I've already accomplished it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, call my name to shuffle around. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, I couldn't be more excited. Right. Um, and then you, I've watched the video over and over. Nelson and Amber could tell in the audience. You can't see it in the video, luckily. Yeah. But I was split center for some of the quarter turns. I got really nervous because <laughs> I didn't expect it to be. Her in- face I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was shaking. I've never shaken on stage. Never. Just- I was screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs. I know the girl behind me was like, she was like, relax, relax. <laughs> I was nervous. Yeah. I'd never seen you nervous like that before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like, so then, you know, they shuffle, they give it's finals, they give awards and to place third, like going home, flying home. I was like, everyone's been telling me that I could do this. It didn't valid. I didn't believe it. I think until then, because all the other shows I, I expected what came of me, I expected it already. Right. So I got there. I'm like, well, this is what I, this is what I expected for myself. So okay. I don't really see, I couldn't see what everyone else was seeing because I was like, this is what I told myself had to happen. Yeah. So going to Tampa and really just want to be compared and then get third. I'm like, okay, maybe I can do something. <laughs> yes. So, yes. 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 For me, seeing that was kind of eye opening because I didn't go into it expecting that. I just went into it expecting to give my best and that's what my best gave me back. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so cool to watch. Beautiful experience. So now that we've had a little bit of a conversation as far as like myths from being an amateur to pro and expectations, let's briefly get into expectations for next year. So I know you already said that you or winning a show next year, which I think that is going to definitely happen. But as far as your mindset now, now that you've had a taste of the pro circuit, what's your mindset and your focus right now? How are you feeling about everything? Good. Um, In all honesty, so we're kind of, we're kind of easing into the dieting phase now. Um, kind of early just to make sure that I keep a good body comp and I can enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, that's the theory there, but I like, if for some reason I couldn't eat Thanksgiving, I couldn't eat Christmas. Like my mind now is like coming for blood because that's the level that I'm going against at this point. Feel that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like before it was like, it was kind of like, I'm not really sure who's going to be there. I'm not really sure how this is going to go now, like at the pro level, you know, who's going to be there at least the week of, you know, who's on the freaking list. Yeah. And, um, especially in the spring, there's so many big shows. We've kind of like me and my coach have tossed around larger shows, um, like Pittsburgh or New York, like different options. You know, who goes to those shows like mm-hmm. Sunny Andrews, Yurishna. Like, yeah. So I know that caliber. I know the top five, the top 10, um, the pro shows at this point and I know what is brought and I know what I need to bring. So whatever needs to be done to bring that, I know I have the muscle 
I just have to get the fat off. You're going to do that. That's, that's going to happen. You got it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. Of course, if you have any questions or any topics you want us to touch on, you can DM either of us on Instagram for posing, hit up Alexis. And for Stage Glam, you can hit me up and we will chat with you all next week. Bye, guys.